in kicking off a new series today called It's Your Move. And, uh, and, and the reason why I am calling this It's Your Move is because we are to follow the example of Jesus. Uh, in Ephesians chapter, uh, let me find it, Ephesians chapter uh, 5 verse 1, it says this. It says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. And so we're to imitate God with our life. And so what do we are to, uh, what, what are we to imitate about Jesus here on this earth? Well, we see that in Matthew's gospel. And I want to take you to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, and we'll pick up there. And this is this. But when he, talking about Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his field. Now notice here that Jesus was moved with compassion. Uh, we, we may not recognize it, really realize it, but we're motivated and moved by things every day. There are things that motivate us, move us, uh, to do certain things each and every day. Some good, some bad. Some that are profitable, some are th- that are not. But we're all motivated and moved to do something in and through our life. And, and the Bible tells us here that we ought to allow ourselves to be moved with compassion. And so when I say it's your move... It's your move to be moving with compassion for those that are hurting, those that are lost, those that are needy, those that need us in, in their life. And I, I think probably through this series, if I, if I could say anything, is that we have the ability, every one of us have the ability to make a big difference with our life. I think too many times we underestimate the, 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 the potential in our life. We don't understand that God put greatness in every one of us. A matter of fact, I, I believe this with all my heart. I don't care who you are and I don't care what your age is, that you have the potential for greatness, to do something great with your life. And, and you might think, well, I, I'm, I'm, I've been serving Jesus for a long time. Well, thank God that you have. And, and don't under, underestimate the impact that you've made with your life. I think only eternity will tell the, the difference that we've made with our life. And so we, but we all have the potential to, to do great things. But I'm going to tell you that God uses, one of the things that he uses all the time, and he tries to get across in our, into us and in through us, is, is compassion. He tries to use compassion in our life to motivate us, to move us into action, to make a big difference in and through our life. So, with that being said, I, I just want to give you uh, some definitions of compassion. Today, I'm going to start with definition number one. And throughout this series, I'm going to talk about some definitions. And, and first definition is this, is that compassion is to love tenderly. It is to love tenderly. That's what ca- compassion is. One of the definitions of compassion is to love tenderly. So, therefore... I've entitled today's message this, Move with Compassionate Love. God wants us to move with compassionate love. If we're going to make a difference in a person's life, and I talk to people all the time. I talk to hurting people. I, 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 I'm able to minister to people all the time and in and of myself. I don't have the ability to make that big of a difference. 
But I can tell you with God on my side and partnering with God and God working through me, then I'm able to make a big difference in people's lives. I, I, I guarantee you, I, I, I see so many lives being transformed and I think it had to be in God because I know me. You know, I know my weaknesses, I know my faults, and some of you look at your life and you think, how in the world can I do anything great with my life? It's because you're not alone. You're not in this alone. It's, it's you and God working together that can make a huge difference in the lives of others. And, and, and specifically, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, the Bible says that the, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. By the Holy Spirit. And that love is not there to just sit dormant. That love is there to make a big impact. God so loved the world that he, he gave of his life. He moved with compassion. Jesus, when he saw people that were hurting, people that were lost, people that didn't have relationship with him, it moved him to the core. And we need to allow God to come into our life and, and stir up the love of God inside of us and move us into action. It's your move. It's your move. God's, God's willing. He's willing to use you and I, but it's your move. You've got, to, you've got to step out. You'll never realize, you'll never experience how God could use you until, until you move, until you step out and allow God to use you. I, one of the things that I'll do on a regular basis with people, I'll just, I'll just throw them in the water. Hey, you're going to do this. Isn't that right, Debbie Tevitz? I've done that before. Hey, you're going you're gonna to do this, and you just step out, and it's like, wow. You know, I, I didn't even realize that was in me. Well, we allow God to, uh, to manifest through our lives. And that's one of the beauties of, of being a Christian, a believer, is that we're, we're not living just a natural life, or we weren't intended to just live a natural life, but we were intended to live a supernatural life. And so it's your move, it's your move, it's your move. And uh, so we're going to break down different definitions through this series. But what I want to do is I want to take you to a story. There was a, a you know Jesus when he was walking this earth, he had all kinds of opposition. I mean, he had, he had, although he was full of love, he is love. And uh, he, he just wanted to make a difference in people's lives. There was always opposition. Those people, religious people especially, that came and tried to trip him, trick him, tried to do all kinds of things to just mess him up. But Jesus was Jesus, right? He was, he was pretty wise. And uh, there was a lawyer that came to try to trip him up one day. And, and, uh, and, and he, says, he said uh, in... Luke chapter 10, verse 29, it says this, But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. When you say this guy had, had some troubles. I mean, he was half dead on the side of the road, had been, had been beaten and, and, and robbed, and, and he, here he was, half dead. And so Jesus breaks out this story and starts telling this lawyer this story. And, and then it goes on in verse 31, it says, Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levi, when he had arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, 
Now notice here, they're all on a journey. They're all going somewhere. They all had a schedule. Just keep that in mind. And as he journeyed, he came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He allowed something to motivate him and move him. And so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on uh, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him in, on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. Interesting. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, and he gave him to the innkeeper, or gave it to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these two, uh, three do you think is neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And then he, the lawyer, said, He who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said, Go and do likewise. And so it's our move, in essence. It's our move to do what Jesus uh, described through the Good Samaritan. There's three things that I want to share with you in just uh, this little bit of time that I have with you this morning. Uh, what, what does it take to move with compassion? That, what, is it, what does it look like when we're moving with that compassionate love in and through our lives? I believe it's described for us, and I believe that we can, if we'll capture this, then we'll make that difference in the lives of those that are maybe on the side of the road half dead. You know, we're talking about Easter and, and preparing for Easter and, and uh, looking forward to the impact that we, we can make. Probably there's no other time in, uh, during the year uh, that people are more willing to respond to our invitation to coming to church than Easter. Christmas and Easter are probably the two biggest. And so we want to get out and we want to invite them. And there's a lot of people that are on the side of the road half dead, beat up by sin, beat up by life. They don't know Christ. They don't have the life of Christ in them. They're on the side of the road. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It, it, it tears up. It kills. It always destroys people. I was one of those people. I remember being on the side of the road where there was somebody that reached out to me. And I'm so grateful that he did reach out to me. Because I don't honestly think that I would be here today. I think I would have, uh, I would have drank myself to death. I really do. I was a pretty severe alcoholic. And I think, I think uh, honestly today, 33, 32, almost 33 years later, I would probably be dead. Because of just the, the lifestyle that I was living. Sin kills, it destroys, it, it, it murders people. Sins always has a paycheck. The Bible says it's, it, it has pleasure for a season. But at the end, it, it bites you. It hurts you. And so uh, there was somebody that reached out to me. They saw me on the side of the road. They befriended me. They purposely went out of their way. And they, they befriended me. And, and I don't know to this day, I don't know why. I, I, I'm assuming that the Lord led this person to me. And, and uh, I didn't know him prior to that uh, that experience, he, he started engaging me. I wasn't very nice back then at all. I was a good sinner. I think if you're going to do something, do it right. And back then, I, I, you know, I was fully devoted follower of sin. Today, I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ. Amen. Amen. And, and so I, I wasn't very kind, but yet he still, he reached out and he began to pour oil on me. 
the Holy Spirit coming in into my life. He began to bandage me and by just loving me and caring for me and, and speaking to me and, and, and all kinds of things. And I could go into my testimony, but that's not, the, that's not the purpose right now. The purpose is this, is that what, what does it take that for us to make a difference in the lives of others? Well, the first thing that I saw here in this whole story is this, is that it takes unconditional love and that's what saves lives. This, uh, if you notice this, uh, this uh, Samaritan, he was really no different than the, the priest and the Levite, and Levite being a representative of a Christian. They were all on a journey. They were all going somewhere. They all had conditions in their life. They're, they had some things that was going on in their life. They had schedules, they had probably every one of them, everything that they were going to do was important, I'm sure. But there was only one that didn't put condition on love. They said, I'm going to go ahead and get out of my routine. I'm going I'm 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 to go ahead and off-ramp off of my journey, and I'm going to go aside, and I'm going I'm to pause. I'm going to hit pause on life, and I'm going I'm to reach out to somebody that needs me. And I'm going, to t- I'm going to tell you today that if we're going to make an impact in life, we, we also have to respond to, to, to the needs of people with unconditional love. Amen. See, too often we're putting conditions on our love. I will do it if. Amen. If I have time. If I am able. I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and do it. And so we put conditions on it, and therefore we don't make the impact. If we're going to make an impact, then we've got to take the conditions off of our life. Does that make sense? And so he had compassion, and he allowed compassion to be his motivator, not the conditions of his life. And if we're going to make that impact in and through our life, then we've got to allow the compassion of God, the love of God inside of us, because one of the definitions of compassion is tender love. We're going to have to allow our hearts to be tender enough to reach out and care for people where they are, no matter what's going on in life. The second thing that I see that uh, took place in this whole scenario is this, is that it was sacrificial love. Sacrificial love is what saves lives. He was willing to sacrifice his time, his journey, his finances, his own animal. He put him on his own animal. I'm assuming that that means he had to walk while the guy that was half dead had to, uh, was able to travel on his animal. And so he sacrificed. And then when he got over there, he not only sacrificed uh, uh, and, and took care of him while he was there, but he says, listen, if there's anything else that I owe after you continue to take care of him, if, if there is anything, I will come back and I will make sure that I make it right. And here's what I wrote down. I wrote this statement. If you, have, if, you will, if you will invest in a life, then you'll change a life. We've got to be willing to invest in the lives of people in order to change, change, change a life. And I've got to, th- I've, I've got to thinking about this. There's so many people that want to do so much with their life. They really, I think if I was to ask you, if I was to come and, and, and just engage you in conversation and, and probably ask every one of you, do you want to do something great for God? Probably the majority would say, yes, I want to do something great for God. And honestly, over the years, 30, almost 33 years of serving Jesus, 
I've heard of a lot of people that wanted to do something great with God, great for God, but were unwilling to sacrifice even the small things in life to get to be used by God in a great way. Let me tell you, if you're going to do something great for God, then you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice your agenda for His agenda. You're going to have to be willing to sacrifice some things in your life in order to, to be used by God in, in a great way. And, and honestly, there's, as I was preparing this, I thought of a number of different people and a number of different scenarios that had gr- has great potential, still living, has great potential, great potential to do something for God, but they put a, even a condition on how God's going to use them. Just unwilling to sacrifice even in the small things. Well, I'll do it, Lord, but I, right now I'm kind of busy. I, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll do it as long as it aligns itself with where I'm going in life. Really, honestly, if you think about it, we shouldn't align our agenda. I mean, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't, uh, God shouldn't have to align his agenda with our agenda. We ought to align our agenda with his agenda. It's like, God, what do you want to do? It's thy will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so he was willing to sacrifice all kinds of things. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking probably one of the greatest examples that I've seen of somebody that's being used by God uh, was at one time a children's minister. He's pastoring now. And this guy, had a, a, his education was very minimal at best. He was not very articulate in his, in his speech. He, uh, he chopped up words all the time. And my wife knows who I'm talking about. Even, your Even my name he would chop up. And, uh, and, and, and it was just amazing how God used him. It was amazing. And it was honestly, he would give anything and everything away. Uh, if something came up missing in the house, his wife would go to him and say, did you give it away? If, even if it was his, her wedding band, it was like, did you give it away? Because he was just that away. He was willing to do whatever, whenever, however, to, to make a difference in people's lives. And the doors that were opened up to him. He's worked for some of the biggest ministries in, 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 that I know around. And he's been able to travel the world and be used by God in making an impact in nations. And I just, if you talk to him, you would think, how is God using him? Because it's not our own ability. It's when we align ourselves up with him that he'll take whoever's ready, who's ever willing, and use them to make a kingdom impact. And I'm going to tell you, this Good Samaritan is being praised throughout eternity because he was willing to make a sacrifice and give up in order to help somebody else up out of their their problems. Third thing I want to share with you this morning is that it is touchable love that saves lives. Now, I, I struggle with this third point. Because I almost use the word relational. I almost use the, uh, the word uh, gentle, gentle love. And I, I got to thinking, you, you've got to be close enough to be able to touch somebody 
to make a life-giving difference in their life. You, you've got to touch a person's life in order for you to change a life. This good Samaritan crossed the street and touched him. The priest, the preacher, the minister, the Levite, the Christian, the believer were unwilling to, to touch that life in order to make a difference in that life. We've got to be willing to get out of our place of wherever we are in life and go touch a life. No matter who it is, what's going on, we, we need to be willing to touch a life in order to change a life. I'm going to tell you, every one of us, God's not looking for, he's not looking for your, your talents. He knows the talents you have. He's not looking at your skill. He knows the skill set that you have. He, he's honestly not even looking for your smarts. He knows how smart you are. What he's looking for is your touch. Just be my hands. Be my voice in somebody's life. Just get out of your, get out of your world and get into the world of somebody else. Cross the road. Go touch somebody. Be relational. Engage that person. And make a difference. I was talking, I talked to like several pastors. It must have been the, the week for talking to pastors. I think I talked to five different pastors this week. And uh, one of the pastors was, that I was talking to said that uh, they had gotten an email. And really, honestly, when he, when he said that and he told me what the content of that email was, uh, I thought, well, how would I have responded? I loved the way he responded. He responded, he said, first of all, he told me, he says, I don't want to address it on the email. He says, he says, I just simply emailed them back and says, hey, let's have lunch and let's discuss it. Let me, let me get in proximity of you and let me touch your life in essence. Because an email is not going to do it. And I, I thought, you know what, we need to be willing to go out of our way no matter how busy we may be, and get face-to-face with people in order to touch that person and make a difference in their lives. Amen. And I, I just, I don't know, for some reason, it was just that one statement that just, it just, it just blew up in me. You ever been talking to somebody and God just uses it in a big way? It may have been a little thing that God uses in a big way. By the way, let me, let me, I'll just take this opportunity. Never underestimate the little things that you're doing because God can take it and use it in a big way. I always say it this way, and I, I love saying this because God can take what, what, what it may take us a lifetime to try to accomplish, He can do in a moment of time. He can, he can take just a word, a smile, a, a piece of, 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 of a kindness that you dish out and give out and, and, and a helping hand, and, and he use it to transform a life. He can do that. And Jesus said, you go do likewise. It's your move. It's my move. I think we as a church are right on the verge of touching a lot, a lot of people's lives. You know, we got a lot, we got a lot of folks in here that if we all really 
uh, we're allowing God to use us with compassion, we could touch a lot of lives in, in East Texas and even across this world. But we've got to move out of our comfort zones. And we've got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in and through our lives. I, I, I want us to seize the moment. I'm motivating our church to take this opportunity. Now, it should be this way every Sunday where we're inviting people. And, and you all do so well. I'm doing it. We're all doing it. We, we see people coming all the time, people making a life-giving difference. I mean, you, you guys are doing that. And people making uh, cha- uh, 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 decisions for Christ all the time. I'm so grateful for that. I think if we all really got in this and really got serious about this, the impact that we can make is unreal. Will you and me and the rest of us can we lock arms and can we move with compassion and see what God would do through us? Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads for just a moment?